Don't Call Me Girl Boss is about sharing women small business owners' real, unfiltered, and relatable business journeys in Texas and California. I am your host, Jessica Ray Buck, a small business owner myself. I interview amazing women who share exactly how they got to where they are today. I hope this encourages anyone listening to start a business or get better in the business they are in. Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to another episode of Don't Call Me Girl Boss. I'm your host, Jessica Buck. I am a fellow small business owner. I have a salon in California and I do mobile spray tans in Austin, Texas. And this week, I am super excited for the guests that we have on. But before I get into that, I kind of just wanted to go over a little bit of what I've been going on. If you, if this is the first episode that you are listening to, I have kind of been taking you along my salon journey of opening up a new salon in Austin, Texas. My partner kind of fell out, and so I'll be doing that by myself, which is kind of the update. So that looks a little bit differently. It wasn't like a hard feelings or anything like that, which is kind of like, hey, this might not be like the best thing to do for our friendship. So that's it. Um, I am looking for a business loan. I've heard to go through peoplefund.org. So I'm going to be reaching out to them on Monday. Still no PPP loan, no stimulus check. (laughs) My son broke his leg um, and has been in a cast. Um, Tomorrow will be a week of him being in his cast. So hopefully he gets that off. Um, So that's been a struggle just navigating all of that. He's been amazing and a trooper and he's honestly the best kid ever, but it has been more hard on me. I am going to be focusing on spray tan training moving forward. I am working on an online course on Podia. And that's a really great, easy platform. It's really affordable if you're looking to get into the online course space. So I'm working on like a whole spray tan literally A to Z thing, like how to structure your business to how to spray tan. So working on that, I started my first week of school. I am in elementary algebra, (laughs) which is pretty funny, but I'm taking that super slow. This is just a personal goal that I had to always get my business degree. So currently working on that. So that is enough about me. Oh, one more thing about me. I did do my first Zoom call. I'm recording this on Sunday. It's football Sunday or Super Bowl, Super Bowl Sunday. And I did a Zoom call for the first time. I talked about it on my last episode just for like-minded women, individuals to get on a Zoom call and talk about anything business related. There was four people that showed up, which is amazing. I thought no one would show. So it was a great time. And I will be doing one again next Sunday just for the people who were obviously spending time at Super Bowl and not on a Zoom call. So Look for that on my Instagram at Don't Call Me Girl Boss. I will be talking about that in more detail later on in the week. But enough about me for sure. This time I am going to be talking about my guest that I have on, and she is amazing. Her name is Genevieve Watson. She owns Shop Tiny Texas, which makes uh, jean jackets for little children. And they have like, she does hand drawn or hand sewn embroidery of the state of Texas outline. And that's what she started with. I'm sure she's going to expand on a bunch of other things, but she's also a photographer. She took our family photos here in Austin, Texas, and she does, um, she's a teacher. So she wears a lot of hats. Oh, and she's an influencer. (laughs) This girl does it all. She wears so many hats and we literally go over every single one of them. And she is just such an amazing person and has such a great story and I can't wait for you to get to know her better and her businesses and how she handles it all. So without further ado, here is Genevieve. So I work, my main job is working at a private school. It's called ATA College Prep and it is a college preparatory school where kids spend half of the day in the classroom and then the other half of the day on the tennis courts. So they're all serious tennis athletes who want to get into play in D1, D2 schools and college. So we help them get there academically and also with their tennis skills. And then I also have been doing photography as a side hustle for 
I don't know, like 10 years now, it's just something that's always kind of on my radar. And whenever things pop up, I grab at them. And then Tiny Texas is my newest venture, um, which is a hand embroidery um, denim for tiny humans. So it's custom denim jackets with a little uh, Texas on the back. It's so cute. Um, so were you a tennis player in high school then? I was not. That's like the first question that I always get. I am crap at tennis. So the kids are always like, come on, Miss Jenny, you know, we'll, we'll help you. Um, I did not play tennis. This was a connection that I had through, I actually started this job the week after I graduated. Um, so I graduated in December, 2018 with a bachelor's of science in communications, um, from UT Austin. And the next week I had a, a family friend who was actually there when I was born. Um, oh, her wow. daughter had the position before I did and she was leaving. She got a new job and she was like, please, you would be perfect for this. Can you step in and help me? So I graduated and then Monday morning I went in for work. <laughs> wow. Is that what you wanted to do or what were you going to college for? I went for communication studies. So I was actually one of the first few classes at UT where they started focusing on social media. So social media is my passion, which is where my Instagram kind of comes in, which I don't necessarily consider that a job. It's definitely more of a hobby for me. Um, I like to keep it in the fun space versus the workspace for the yeah, most Yeah, you part. didn't even mention that you're also an influencer on social media. Yeah, I know that one tends to get left, uh, left out of, of the bunch. Um, yeah. So that's another thing. Add that to the hat. So that's, yeah, that's a pretty big one. <laughs> so that's where my Instagram comes in with my passion for social media. That's what I studied in school. I'm really interested in all of the behind the scenes of what makes social media work. Why is this taking over, you know, the world right now? Yeah. So did you think right out of college, you would get like a social media job? I thought so. I thought I was heading straight into corporate America to get some experience, but I am an entrepreneur at heart. So I always knew that I wanted to find something that would give me enough time to pursue all of the ideas that have been floating in my head forever that I finally have the funds and the time and the knowledge to pursue. Yeah, that's amazing. And then where did you grow up? I grew up in Georgetown, which is about 30 minutes from Austin, but I split my time in between Georgetown and Austin because I was homeschooled and our homeschooling was all done in Austin. So would you consider yourself a unicorn then? Is that what they call it? If you've, I would say so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. And then what did your parents do? My dad growing up, he was in corporate America. He worked for Oracle for a long time. He uh, was traveling internationally doing sales for them. He's always been in the tech uh, industry. And then my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom for myself and my two older siblings. I have a brother and a sister who are seven years and six years apart from me. Um, so she schooled us at home doing homeschooling until I was in fifth grade. And then my mom and dad kind of decided to switch places. He was ready to come home and bring his side gig kind of full time. And she was ready to get back into the workforce. And so they swapped places. My dad came home to homeschool me in fifth grade, which didn't last long. <laughs> um, went right to public school a year later. But I really admire my mom because she always uh, reinvents herself. She's had many careers. Uh, she started her first job back after being a stay-at-home mom was in uh, customer service. And then at 50 years old, she decided to go back to school to be a nurse wow. and the That's oldest in so her impressive. class. And then now she is a real estate agent. She really has gone back to school and now she's a real estate agent. So she honestly is always kicking ass and taking names. So I've never been afraid to get into something, but then get right back out and reinvent myself. Wow. That's really impressive. I'm gone back to school recently and I'm 28, almost 29. And I'm like, Oh my God. And so being 50 and doing that, like I applaud her because that is no easy task. Yes, girl. Don't even sweat it. She's like, I am the oldest one in my nursing school right now. And I'm like, girl, kill it. <laughs> that's amazing. And then you said your dad's side hustle. What was he doing? So he has a software developing company, Watson Software Works, and he just develops websites and um, purchasing uh, e-commerce platforms for small businesses. Oh, wow. Did that, did you see him like doing that growing up? Do you think that influenced you at all to kind of get in that space? 
Definitely. He is where I got my entrepreneurial side from and growing up watching him working from home. I knew that's something that I wanted because we were able to develop a really special bond. He was the one that was cooking dinners at night. You know, when uh, I got off the bus, he was there and things like that. And I really admired his work. He paid for our house with his side hustle. Um, And I thought that that was always really inspiring to me. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna have a main gig and I'm gonna have a side hustle that I really love. So he took that full time and he's still doing that now. That's awesome. Yeah. I always tell everyone they should have a job and a side hustle. Like this day and age with social media, there's really no reason. 100%. No, you got to get a side hustle people. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like figuring, find, finding out what you want to do is the hardest part. But like, if you're not using Instagram to make money, you're losing money. No, seriously. <laughs> so um, you get out of college and you start that job Did you start your social media around this time too, or did you already have that? I did. So I started my social media October, 2018, and I graduated in December. And that was kind of my creative outlet. I was in my final semester of my senior year. I was feeling bogged down with work. I worked um, part-time all through college as well. I was working at Kendra Scott at the time. And I was just like tired of doing school all the time and then working. And I'm such a creative person. And I was like, I need somewhere to channel this energy to kind of bring me back to life. And that's when I started my Instagram with the motto here to be the sister you've never had. Mm -hmm. So love you, support you and empower you. Um, I had a really turbulent relationship with my sister growing up. So it's, it was important for me. Really? That's so surprising to me because you're like one of the nicest people I've met. And I'm like, I don't know someone who could not like you. or even have anything against you (laughs) people always say that they're like what how did you guys not get along yeah we're just polar opposites we're yeah totally different people we didn't get along but I wanted people to know that they have a space sisterhood doesn't mean by blood you know there are so many other ways to connect and feel that bond yeah I don't talk to my mom so I totally get like the whole you know just because you're blood doesn't mean I'm going to forgive you for everything like you're an asshole. You're an asshole. No. Yeah. Family. That's a hard lesson to, to learn. Older. <laughs> yeah. No, it totally is. <laughs> yeah. Cause you realize, Oh wait, like you're a person in the world. You're not just like my parent and you're not just my sister. Like this is how you're functioning. <laughs> right. And yeah, you have to ask yourself, I think too, it's important. It's like, if you, if we weren't related, would I let someone treat me this way? Exactly. And it's like, hell no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, it's a super hard, hard, um, just split to make. Definitely. And so I've seen you've posted like pretty big brands. Have you started been able to like monetize your social media? I have. Yeah. I don't do a lot of pitching, which I know is not typical for a lot of influencers, which is why I kind of say I keep it in the hobby space. Um, so I reach, you know, I mention brands when I love them in my stories, I make sure I tag them. I make sure that they know that I'm sending them love and it's really cool when they reach out to you and they notice you and, uh, Vino, that's a campaign that I worked on recently mm-hmm. and I love their moisturizer so much. It's something that I've used since high school. So when I got the opportunity to work with them and a media company reached out on their behalf, I was like, this is so exciting. You yeah, that's a big to brand. Talk about this brand. Um, so that was pretty cool. It's been cool to monetize and to see it, large brands like that see the value of my work. And then you said you're not like other influencers, like pitching. Like, what did you mean by that? Do you like, I know you're friends with a lot of the influencers and bloggers in Austin. So is that where that's coming from? Yeah. So it's really common. Um, I think that sometimes people have the misconception that, uh, people's DMS are flooded with brands wanting to work with them all the time. And that's not necessarily the case. They, you know, might come few and far between. It depends, you know, how large your following is. And if you're on a micro influencer scale, like myself, um, you're not just going to be receiving, you know, hundreds of emails of brands just dying to work with you. So a lot of times you have to be the one to, um, put yourself out there, right? We, have this idea that sometimes we build this community and it's like, wait, why aren't people showing up? Like I made this platform, what's, what's guys, hello, like follow, but sometimes you really have to work for it. So the brands don't be offended. You know, if Avino doesn't know you exist, tag them all the time, right? That's how you show them um, or pitch to them. Uh, so write them an email, tell them how much you love your, their brand and how you can authentically incorporate that into your feed. Do you plan on getting more in that space in the future or is that just like kind of on the back burner and kind of like it's it's a work engine for your other businesses, right? 
Definitely. Yeah. I knew that I, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, like I had said before, but I didn't know how that was going to manifest itself. So that's why back in college, I just started building this platform because I knew eventually I wanted to take it somewhere. And I didn't want to, you always say, I wish I would have started. I just wish I would have started. So I knew I had to get started. So I wouldn't two years down the line be like, crap, I wish I would have done this a year ago. Cause I definitely wish I would have started even the blogging on Instagram years before. Cause I thought about it, but I kept pushing it back. <laughs> I know. And then who takes all of your photos? Do you do like the tripod? Do you hire someone? For the most part, I take all of my own photos. I use a tripod, um, not always a professional tripod. You guys, sometimes it is really ghetto rigged and it's on type of boxes or things like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes that's what you got to do to get the shot. But I also coach my best friend and boyfriend through taking photos through me for me a lot. If I can't get the right angle, um, I'm pretty specific on that. Having a photographer eye and not just the, the blogger eye. Um, I'm pretty picky about my shots. <laughs> so yeah. well, I you're can't a photographer. Get it. So that makes sense. You kind of get that eye. I'm kind of just like, oh, that looks good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Composition is super key where I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to have to go back and change that. <laughs> yeah. And then what is it like working with a brand like Avino? Like, what was that experience like? So a lot of times bigger brands like that, they have uh, media companies that will reach out on their behalf. So I never talk to Avino directly. They have a middleman that does all of that for them. Mm -hmm. And uh, this platform, they had a really simple user-friendly um, kind of like upload. You upload your photos, you can get feedback from the brand. Um, it was a super smooth experience in comparison to some of the smaller collaborations that I've done. I was really impressed with the streamline of the management of this um, campaign. And it's really interesting because you have to write when you're posting on your own, you don't have to have caption approvals or things like that. So that's something that comes into play when you're doing paid you know, sponsorships is that th that media company has to send it back to Avino and say, Hey, is this okay? Is there anything you want to change? And then they'll send it back to you. And is that something that you feel comfortable? Is that still authentic to your brand? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to go back and forth a couple of times and be like, Hey, you changed this wording. I would never say that in my life. And a lot of times brands get that they're like, okay, this is the message we want to, we wanted to send, um, reword it. However, you would actually say that. So it's, it's interesting versus doing free or gifted work and then uh, paid work. How are you like being able to be like, okay, I will get paid for this versus I'll just take free product. Like Avino, you use their moisturizer, like, Hey, send me six months of moisturizer. Are you like, no, I need to make money. Yeah. So this one, they specifically reached out for a paid campaign. So right off the bat, I knew that was paid. Yeah. Um, but I definitely still accept gifted content uh, or uh, gifted uh, campaigns, especially with small companies. A lot of times myself as a small business, I can't just send out jackets, right? Because my inventory would be low. I would lose a lot of money. So I think it's important for those to, um, you know, remember that the big companies have big budgets and small companies sometimes won't have a budget at all. Um, and it's about a connection. Uh, so don't be so people are, you know, they're like, don't accept free work. I think that if it fits your brand and if you vibe with the business owner, go for it, girl. You don't have to be paid for everything. Sometimes it's about a connection. Yeah, I do see that a lot. A lot of people are talking about, no, don't do anything unless it's paid where I'm a brand and I'm like, please, I don't, I don't have any money. Yeah. No, no, so definitely. it's That's like super intimidating and it makes them intimidating to reach out, you know, yeah. like it is a small business. So pick and choose your influencers. You know, you guys, if you're a small business, there's definitely ones out there. Look for micro influencers. Yeah. I think that Sometimes people forget, they look at, you know, people with a hundred thousand followers and then people with 3000 followers. Well, I always tell people when they're feeling down on their follower count, put your follower count in a room. If you have 50 people in a room, that's a lot of people that care about your message. If you have 3000 people in a room, that's a lot of people who care about your message. You don't have to have a hundred thousand, even 10,000, you know, like 50 people in one room is a lot of people that care about what you're saying. Well, I always tell people too, I prefer working with micro influencers because it's more genuine. They're not at that level where it's kind of like unrelatable. 
uh, once you get after 100k because you're like okay I'll never be able to afford that and like their lifestyle like I follow this one influencer I'm not going to say her name she's she's not even in Texas or anything like that but like I'm watching her stories I'm like I just don't know your life like I really don't like I love you and like I love following you but like my life's never going to be your life and it's like hard to follow yeah I can't relate this (laughs) can't relate wish I could but I can't and totally um, I forgot where I was going with this, but oh, the point is micro influencers can be like your like your number one fan, you know, whereas someone with a hundred K, they might tag you one time, but that's literally it. And that's no, not enough. Exactly. And people want to see consistency too, you know, yeah. it's like if they write, if they only tag it one time, you start to lose that credibility. And I think it's just really important to, like you said, utilize micro influencers to build that community and connection over time um, because slow and steady wins the race, baby. (laughs) Yeah. And especially if you're just starting to work with an influencer, do not reach out to someone with a hundred K because you're not ready to be there. And that person's probably going to say no or not respond to you. So this, you know, I always tell people like 5k, probably like 2k to 5k, the very beginning, like reaching out to an influencer because they're going to respond and it's, you know, you're already putting yourself out there for the first time. So you're going to want to get someone to respond. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get a lot of no's, set yourself up for no's, but like, yeah, I think that's a really good point, you know, aim for people with two to five. And like you said, you're going to get responses. You're not going to sit in the request box and never be seen. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get to build connection a lot faster. Yeah. So what are some struggles that you found with like being an influencer, being in that space? Like, I know it's not your full time, but you're still doing it. Like, I'm sure it is your full time. Yeah, no, sometimes it does feel like I'm like, man, I should be getting paid more to do this, right? I'm putting a lot of effort in. Um, No, but it it stays really fun for me, luckily. But yeah, I can, comparison is a rough thing. And especially with the Instagram algorithm continually just changing or doing whatever, whatever the Instagram algorithm does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it does its own thing. So it can be really frustrating because you can spend a lot of time, even if it's not a paid deal, but you think it's a cool concept or a great photo. And then it totally tanks and you're like, yo, like what the hell, right? Yeah. You're like this picture of me doing nothing skyrocketed. And then this really great shot, you know, got seen by 10% of my audience. What's happening here? Um, So I think that can be really hard, but over the last, I don't know, six months, I've learned to really like let go of that and numbers and put it back. That's why I wanted to put it back in a fun space. And I didn't want to take it into the, I rely on this for my income from partnerships Mm -hmm. and things like that, because the way the, the ebb and flow of the algorithm is, it puts a lot of stress, right? So I wanted to keep it in that, that fun space. So if you're struggling with comparison, just know that it's not you. <laughs> it's yeah. a, it's a weird time to grow in social media. Um, try TikTok. <laughs> I've heard I great know. things. <laughs> I know like Amanda, I know, you know, Amanda exploring, yeah. Amanda, she's blown up and like chocolate is my vice, but like they are the perfect TikTokers. No, truly, I you can, have to have the personality. I, I can, never. I could never, I like look at myself. I'm like, I'm an idiot. No way. But like, I'm Amanda like you guys did not watch. <laughs> is so confident. And then you know, Alicia, she's just hysterical. So it's like, and an actress. So like, so made for, him. made for him. I know. Yeah. TikTok is, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm like, do I get on the platform? That's always the thing. Like there's clubhouse now and all of these new platforms I that know. constantly come out and you're like, what do I join? What's going to tank in a few months? And I don't want to put all my energy into something that, you know, won't, won't last. And yeah, it's a weird, a weird time on the social space. Yeah. I've got on clubhouse and it's just, it's just too much. Like I've, I can't devote that much time to it. It's just like, I don't know, maybe when my son's older and in school from like eight to three or whatever, I can dedicate maybe some time. But right now it's just like, there's no way, like I'm trying to like sell a moose, let alone, you know, (laughs) clubhouse educating myself, you know? No, I feel you girl. Same page. (laughs) So hard. Um, okay. So then your photography business, how did you start that? Like, when did that come about? I probably started doing my first paid photography gig. I want to say early high school. Um, I got my first camera when I was maybe 12. That's something I used to spend hours looking through national geographic magazines. Mm -hmm. I've always been fascinated by photography and composition and the way that photographs tell a story. 
Um, so I'm really into candid photography, landscape photography, nature photography, which I don't do a lot of that anymore. Hopefully we can get back to some traveling sometime soon so I can get out there and see some sites. Um, but that's something that I don't advertise too often. I do many sessions a couple times a year where I advertise, um, but all the other gigs that I get throughout the year are through word of mouth usually. Just because I wear so many hats, I haven't put it out there is uh, a full-time, uh, it's more of the side hustle. Do you do like, what are you mainly focusing on photos that you're getting reached out to for? Like family shots? <laughs> That's a, I am a many hats kind of gal and uh, yeah, looking through these questions, I was like, wow, the amount of hats I have in this area of my life and my work life, I wear a lot of hats and my personal life. I wear a lot of hats and all of my businesses. I wear a lot of hats. Um, so I have done newborn photography many times. Um, I have photographed weddings. I have done product photography and personal branding. I do couples. Um, I love all of it. I am really, it's hard for me to niche down because I love photography so much and I am determined to make any situation beautiful. I love creating beautiful situations through the lens. Um, so it's really hard for me to say no to any type of photography. So usually I take just about anything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not a bad thing. Uh, do you find, like, I've been questioning this about myself because I also wear a lot of hats and, um, do you find you're not able to give a hundred percent into anything because you have so many or how do you balance all of that? Definitely. Oh, balance. Yeah. <laughs> I have not definitely not found a balance yet. I feel like it's this constant ebb of flow of like, sometimes I'm giving more of myself to this part of me. And sometimes I'm giving more of myself to other parts of me. So I'm with you sometimes even when I'm focusing, say on tiny Texas, I have so many ideas. I feel like I'm so creative and my brain is moving so fast that I'm like, whoa, you have to push pause. Cause then I end up doing nothing. Right. I have a list of ideas and then nothing accomplished because I'm doing too much thinking or spreading myself too much too thin. So that's something that I've wanted to work on this year is really honing into what's going to make me happy. It doesn't mean I have to give up the other things forever, but leaning my focus into some other things this year. Yeah. It's a hard one because when you're an entrepreneur, you have so many ideas and it's like, well, let's just do it all. Like, why Ser can't yeah. I? Seriously. <laughs> I know I have to like tap myself down constantly. I'm like, girl, chill. you have a whole lifetime to, to make all these ideas happen. Let's focus on what. <laughs> yeah. And then how did you learn photography? Are you self-taught? Self-taught. Yeah. Completely self-taught. I've never taken a class luckily the world has or the internet has been full of videos in the past you know 10 years um but yeah it's just been trial and error and like I said I got my first camera it was a point and shoot camera when I was 12 and I just gradually upgraded my cameras and I would sit there and read through the manuals and learn wow. the ins and outs of them um because I loved it so much and you've never wanted to like full-on be a photographer that what's held you back from that I don't, I see same with the Instagram. I have this weird things where I hold things in the hobby space, things that are near and dear to my heart. I think that sometimes when you push them into the workspace, it can lose some of that spark. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it can, when I, if I was making my full-time income from photography, when things get hard and you're not making money, photography gets hard, right? And I wanted to stay in this space that I love. Um, I never wanted to leave a happy space. Mm -hmm. I wanted to stay in a passion and I don't want to lose that passion or feel like I can't do it anymore or give up on that because I lose steam or burn out. Yeah, I get that. What are some struggles of being a photographer? It's a super saturated market. Um, there's, especially with, I mean, people with iPhones are, are advertising themselves as photographers. Really? So yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. So, um, and you know, Apple, they film music videos sometimes all on, on iPhones. So it's pretty incredible what you can do nowadays on an iPhone. So there's less of a need sometimes, um, people feel that they can take their own photos for first birthdays or 
um, some of those special moments that they would have hired a photographer before. So the saturated market and um, a come up of technology is one thing. And then also we live in the age of filters um, mm -hmm. and people can be really critical of themselves and photos that they get back sometimes. And I'm always super honest in the beginning. I will not, I'm not, I will not shrink it in. I'm not going to tuck you anywhere. I'm going to enhance the beauty of the moment. Um, but I'm not going to change anything about the photo. So people can be super nitpicky. So that can be hard, especially because that's one of the reasons I think I hold it in the hobby space is it's hard to have people critique your work. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I, you know, doing that full time, especially for things like weddings, gosh, my hat goes off to wedding photographers because damn capturing that special moment and not missing it and not getting eyes closed or, you know, all of those things and getting it right. And, having to hear feedback and adjust that feedback. That's hard, right? Well, you when can't be like, Hey, let's redo that real fast. Exactly. You're like, wait, wait, kiss one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's rough, man. They have one of the hardest. <laughs> what advice would you give to someone who is trying to go full-time in photography? I would say, know that you're going to have to put in work to find clients. Like I said before, sometimes we can expect to start a business or a blog or a space and we expect people are just going to come search for your clients. Join If you want to be a wedding photographer, join every wedding Facebook group in your area and everyone that says, oh my gosh, I just got engaged. I'm looking for a dress slide into the comments and say, oh my gosh, congratulations. If you're looking for a photographer, here's my website. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say joint Facebook, it's a great place to utilize. Instagram can be hard sometimes searching hashtags in the way that it filters with times and not chronological and things like that. But I would say Facebook is a good place to use groups um, that, to reach, you know, you could reach maybe 10K um, in one group um, in, in a comment. So, yeah. uh, that's a pretty good space to get clients. I remember I, I used Facebook groups when I first moved out here to Texas and I did that. So like I was in wedding groups and then I commented, but they told me, what did they tell me there? I was like, I'm hijacking the post by referring business to myself. Have you heard that? Oh yes. Yeah. People are wild sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Is that not a thing? Like I was like, Oh my God, am I an <laughs> asshole? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's not, being a small business owner, man, it's not for the faint of heart. Like, I know, I was get like, ready I'm for just... some weird bullshit to come your way. I know. I was like, roll with the punches uh... and move on. That's my advice for that. Like, okay, sorry. Next. Thank you. Yeah. Next. So that's not a thing, right? Like you, you would keep going after that. I would keep going. Yeah. Unless it was maybe a specific like say a spray tan company posted being like, hi, I spray tan for weddings. And you're like, hi, I also spray tan for weddings. Yeah. That would be rude. But no, I, I think that's super okay. weird. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. I wasn't sure, but I've never even mentioned it to anyone. But when you just brought that up, I was like, oh my God, I remember doing that. And then they're like, you're hijacking posts. And I'm like, people don't have to care. <laughs> right scroll on man I know. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to get a client okay <laughs> yeah really that's and I think that's super helpful because one planning weddings or things like that or engagements or things that you're getting spray tans for events you know primarily it's stressful you would rather someone just come all and tell you in one place bring me all the information right into my yeah. comment section <laughs> like oh I wasn't even thinking about a spray tan thank you like done exactly exactly yeah. No, that's, that's working your business girl. Yeah. Move <laughs> on with that. <laughs> okay, perfect. So now we can get to tiny Texas after we've talked about all of your other business ventures. So how yes. did you even come up with that business model or the business so, name, all of it? Yeah. The name is what came to me first. I fixate on names a lot, which I would say, honestly, my advice is don't fixate on the name. I first do the same. You're gonna I, I can't, I literally can't stop. It's like yeah, my but mind. I, like, I, the IG has to be available. The domain has to be available. So many things. If I have to have like an underscore not happening. It's out. It, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when you're thinking of a name, just go ahead and start on Instagram by That's typing exactly in user what into I their do. Exactly what I do. 
so the name came to me when I was in college. I was in a business class and it was a lean startup class. So we followed a lean startup canvas, which is a very popular business plan. If you're not familiar, do a quick Google search if you are wanting to start a small business because you should definitely follow a lean startup uh, plan. Um, it's a good, easy way. So I came up with the name Tiny Texas. I built a website around it, a fake product. I had no idea how it was gonna manifest itself, but I love the whole tiny Texas, right? Texas is massive. It's not tiny in any way. So I liked the play on words with the name. Um, I liked the TT with the tiny in Texas. And I just had no idea how it was gonna man itself, manifest itself after this project. So I kind of just stuck it in my back pocket. It was sitting in my Wix account is this fake website with fake products. And then over quarantine, I was spending a lot of time on TikTok and watching everyone make tie-dye and like all of these other things. And I'm someone that it's not like I think I can do it better than someone. Like if I see someone creating something, I'm like, oh, I just want to try that. Like as a yeah. creative person, I'm like, wait, I'm going to see what that's like to create clay earrings or whatever. So I did many things. I bought clay. I bought tie-dye. I bought, you know, as everyone did, our Amazon carts are full with random crap that we mm -hmm. purchased during, during uh, quarantine. And I was like, hey, embroidery, random. I've never done it before in my life. I love denim tiny it just like came to me in this perfect storm like a shower thought or something like that and I was like okay I'm gonna start manifesting this business plan and uh in November I started working on the business plan for tiny Texas and building the website and figuring out how to sell e-commerce and how to file an EIN and register with the state and all of the things that go with being a small business and launched in January. So tiny Texas in case, so it's tiny denim jackets and then you embroider yourself the little, like, is it just the outline of Texas or is that going to expand? It will expand in the future. Right now we are just the outline of Texas. I have sizes um, all the way from three months up to girls and boys eight. Um, so we keep it in the children's clothing sizes. I haven't expanded any larger than that. Um, stay tuned though. We will have something coming in the future for all of our big Texans. Um, so I hand embroider all of the jackets. I Yourself? right now we're myself. Okay. Yes. So a lot of people use a machine, but I do it all by hand. Um, I stencil it out. I have stencils that I've created with the outline of Texas and I stencil it out. I hand embroider it. All of our denim right now is um, previously loved. So I thrift all of the denim. I clean all of the denim. I dry all of the denim. I do all of that by hand too. I hand wash all of the denim in a sensitive solution. So all of our baby skins are safe. Um, and then I hand embroider them. How much times from getting the jacket to getting it to be purchased goes in to one jacket? I would say, ooh. So I do things in phases where I will purchase, say, a bunch of five jackets. So I will then wash, dry, and embroider all five jackets. And then I photograph all of the jackets myself, edit all of those photos, list all of those photos. So I would say if I was just doing one jacket and I was going to do the process by itself, Oh, it's hard to put a time on that. Maybe like two hours just okay. with thrifting. Take, thrifting takes a lot of time. The embroidery itself probably takes an hour. Um, but the thrifting, sometimes I have to go to six thrift stores just to collect five jackets. Yeah. Um, so that can be super time consuming. I spend a lot of my weekends in thrift stores looking for denim jackets. Um, and I really love the previously love denim. That's how I wanted to start because I am really passionate about thrifting too and just being sustainable. Um, and I like giving them a new life, right? Um, yeah. Giving them a little I jab. I that business concept. Whenever Braxton grows out of his jean jackets, because I get hand-me-downs, I'll make sure to give them to you. Oh, an angel. Yeah, come at me with your hand-me-downs, people. I know. That's actually <laughs> really good, like a good way to support you. Yeah, Just, I know. Maybe I'm, I'm going to work a on discount. a for someone who- That's what I'm going to work on. Yeah, I'm going to work oh on some gosh. sort of exchange. Yeah. 
Girl, I know. That's why, again, I have to like stop myself. I'm like, wait, I you can't introduce everything right out the gate. Like you have to have some excitement later on, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. My mind just thinking, I'm like, oh my God, you could do this, this, this. <laughs> oh girl, I feel you. We just got stickers in the mail. I've designed stickers for our packaging. So like figuring out packaging has been a whole learning curve. Man, yeah. starting a business is no joke. So props to all those before me because I'm feeling you now. <laughs> yeah, and you're doing it all by yourself. No one's helping you. All by myself. Yep. This is a one woman show right now. Hopefully we will get to the place where we can hire employees one day. Um, That's, that's the dream. Uh, But right now we're a one woman show. And then you talked about getting an EIN and all of those things. Can you walk me through like the exact steps you took and like what, where you went to get those things for someone listening and they can kind of get an idea of what those terms are and how to get that done? Yeah, definitely. So to your, I wanted to get things all squared away from the get-go as far as taxes go. I didn't want to end up at the end of the year. I think a lot of that's why a lot of small businesses fail is they don't think about all of the taxes and things like that on the front end. So I wanted to make sure I was set up. I had a separate business bank account for my business from my personal bank account. Um, So I registered uh, as an LLC through the state and you have to have a agent to register on your behalf in the state of Texas. So I used the service Texas registered agent um, and I used them to file. And I believe it was about $300 just so that way everyone has an idea of numbers um, to get them filed as a legal LLC. And then once I got that paperwork back, there is a site right through the IRS. Um, If anyone ever tries to get you to pay for an EIN number, they are tricking you. You can do that for free in about 10 minutes. Um, so go to the IRS website or in Google, um, type in, get an uh, EIN number, and it should bring you right to the IRS site. Click that one, not any of the other services that say, for $50, we'll get this for you. You can do it for free. So I did it actually right there in the bank when I was opening up my business bank account. Um, it took about 30 seconds. So you'll need that. That's the way that you'll register with others. Say you want to register with companies uh, for special discounts on shipping. You need that EIN number for your taxes, for wholesale. If you're wanting to buy wholesale, that just shows all of the companies that you're working with that you are a legitimate business. Um, So even if you don't end up filing for an LLC, you can do a sole proprietorship and get an EIN as well. What made you go with the LLC right away? I wanted to separate it. I know that when I was in my business classes, it, God forbid you were to get sued. It is just connected to your personal assets where in LLC you are protected. Um, so they could not, if you have a bunch of personal assets, if you own a home, if you own several cars, if you have stocks, things like that, um, those are all protected when you are an LLC versus a sole proprietorship. So it's kind of worth it to just spend that money on the front end, um, especially if you were in a service where you could possibly be sued. I don't know, maybe in the beauty, beauty industry, if you did eyelashes or, you know, something like that, it would probably yeah. be more common that you could um, run into some things like that. And I just wanted to say um, LLCs in California are 800. Isn't that crazy? Ooh, always, always more expensive in California. That is isn't that just Isn't that weird that it's like so much more expensive? That is crazy. I know. Ooh. Yeah. It's Welcome weird. to Texas, y'all. <laughs> I know, exactly. But I just wanted to throw it out there so people can compare. Yeah, that's crazy. And so your launch process, what was that like? Because I know you were kind of teasing it on social media. Like, what did you do for that? And like, what so, was your thought process? Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, one, just get started. Create the Instagram account. Understand your branding. The first steps were just me figuring out what was my branding going to be? What did I want my look uh, to be for my Instagram color schemes? I work with denim, so I knew it was going to be blues and cool tones mostly. And I use Canva for all of my um, Instagram stuff and graphics. It's literally the best. If you don't have Canva, get the free version. I personally have the paid version just because you can get some other perks that are definitely worth it as a business owner. But the free version got me by all the way through launch. Um, I didn't, I don't think I got the paid version until after. And you can do a 30 day free trial. So if anything, just test out the free trial. 
Um, but I think it's really important to post on Instagram ahead of your launch, get people excited, get people thinking about your brand before you even get started. Um, that way, right out the gate, you're not, you don't launch your product and then have zero social media, no posts up, get things going ahead of time. So that way you can gain some traction. That was really important for me to have the traction ahead of time to get people excited about it. Right. Yeah. So if you start and you have no following, you're, you're going to be left with disappointment for sure. So I would say best thing to do is to get on your socials and start posting, even if you don't have the product ready yet. Yeah. And then did you create your own website? I did. I use Wix to create my website. So that's another free service. You can start out for free. Um, so if you wanted to create your whole website under the free domain that they give you, you can do that. I definitely don't recommend launching under a free domain. You'll want to go ahead and purchase through them. And I don't know if I'm, they run sales all the time. I actually was going to purchase and I think it was around $300. And then I, for whatever reason, closed the tab, didn't do it, went back a week later and it was 50% off. So if you're thinking about Wix, maybe just start building your website under the free domain and then keep an eye out for those 50% off sales. And I think it ended up being like 175 for an e-commerce site. Mm -hmm. um, so they, that was a little bit more expensive of a package because it has to have that e-commerce shop built into it, but they make things so easy. It's just like Canva. If you're on WordPress, WordPress, no offense, is trash, switch to Wix. Like you'll save yourself hours of frustration. And then what made you choose Wix over like Shopify? So I, yeah, a lot of people were like, are you going to do Etsy? Are you going to be on Etsy or Shopify? Oh, yeah. I sure, really, right? yeah, no, I, I'm not on Etsy, not on Shopify. I decided to build my own platform because I really wanted to make it my own independent thing. Etsy takes out fees and things yeah. like that. It's really great um, if you are mass producing products, but because mine is a lot smaller scale, um, I wanted to build, my business model has always been slow and steady. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't want to put myself, sometimes it happens where people put themselves on Etsy and they get a hit and then they have a whole bunch of people interested, but they don't have the inventory. Yeah. So I didn't want to get stuck in a situation like that right out the gate where I couldn't, you know, keep up with demand or um, have all of those extra fees taken out. And I wanted to be able to customize the user experience as well. And then for Shopify, what made you choose, uh, not choose that platform? Um, Wix just has their own e-commerce platform built into it. And it was really just coming down to me being able to do everything myself and customize that through my website. I, really, I think it's better than Etsy. I think the only thing that Etsy and Shopify have advantage over is the review platform and having kind of that link to social media in the sense that you can be found on a trending page or something like that. Yeah. Well, I used, I used Wix. And then when I launched my moose, I switched to Shopify because I wanted the shop now, you know, like on Instagram. Uh-huh. Like for that stupid tiny ass button. And you know how much work I've yep. had to do, but I will tell you Shopify. So it is very difficult, but so the web, the homepage you can do yourself. And then after that, there's, I've told people on this podcast before, there's an app that's called gem pages, G E M pages. And it's like Wix. You can drag and drop and customize every page, like literally drag and drop. I just did it today. Cause I added like learn to spray tan on my website and I use that and it looks good. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to hop there, on that this weekend. There is hope it's 30 bucks. You have to do like the, there's three plans, the second one so that you can, um, edit the other pages. Otherwise it's just like the home and the contact, but you can cancel it. So do it for 30 days, pay 30 bucks. Yeah. Wait. Okay. All right. I'm going to look into that this weekend. That shop button. <laughs> Maybe. man yeah that is so annoying. I wish businesses could have swipe ups too come on Instagram give businesses swipe ups I have that's so dumb like 9,650 <laughs> followers like I'm so dang close on Sunless Ray and I've wanted to swipe up for years and I've almost been like I'm just gonna buy 400 followers like screw it I'm over it but then I'm like no <laughs> I've gone so far <laughs> Oh, I know. Right. Don't do it, girl. Don't do it. I'm not. Yeah, that's it, but I know. I'm like, I, know. I know people do it all the time and I could easily do it, but I'm like, no, we've come too far. Oh, I know. That's another thing I would say that if you're starting out, 
just know that a majority of people are buying followers. So if you're doing it the authentic way, it's going to be slow and steady. Mm-hmm. You're doing the right thing. Don't worry. It can, going back to the comparison game, don't, you can, can't compare to people who are buying followers. Stay true to yourself. Your tribe is going to come. And you can look if you're, people are buying followers, you can go to socialblade.com, look up their IG. And so if you're feeling crappy, go look who got a good 5k real fast. (laughs) That's right. Socialblade.com. Here we are. Promo. (laughs) I know, right? Like 5k overnight. So weird. Weird. It's not a coincidence. (laughs) It's not a coincidence. You guys stay true to yourself. Don't give in. And we see you. We see you. So, brands uh, we're waiting for brands to see you brands will see you I know I don't know how they do they look at social blade and like kind of like are they that clueless they don't care I think that some brands yeah have like the wool pulled over their eyes and they just don't they haven't been educated you know I was talking to some people the other night at dinner and they were talking about how crumble cookie started in 2017 and tiff's treats started in 1992 i want to say i might be butchering that it might be 99 um but crumble cookie has a significantly larger following than tiff's treats does they have maybe a hundred thousand on tiff's treats and crumble might be at half a mil Mm-hmm. And I was like, we have to think about it. Social media is pretty new. And Crumble came around in 2017. And from the gate, their plan was social media. Their plan was working with influencers. Yeah. Their plan was getting it hard. Whereas Tiffs, they've just started with that. So they're just like learning how to get in the ball game. So I think that some brands that are older brands that haven't adapted, they don't know how to look at the analytics in the right way. And it's working to some advantage for those who buy followers (laughs) well you know those people are going to retire and people you know our age are going to get in those positions so the time will come the time will come you guys (laughs) and so you create all of your own graphics correct for like social media and all that I do yes all through Canva that is a godsend for creating graphics I swear you guys get on Canva do you use like their templates and then play off of that or you like start straight from scratch most of the time I use their templates. They have so many great templates, like work smarter, not harder. I think, yeah, I, sometimes I will delete like 90% of it, but I'm like, that gave me a great idea. Or if anything, I use it as like Pinterest, right? So I'm like their templates are my version of Pinterest for creating graphics sometimes. So I scroll through there and I might, I sometimes will duplicate a page that's blank and I start, you know, dropping and dragging things of elements that I like. Cause sometimes I think the templates are really good because you don't know certain elements exist within mm-hmm. Canva. Like, okay. That font's good. I didn't even know. Exactly. That exactly. There's way too many widgets on there, which is amazing, but it's like, there's no way you would find them all unless you use the templates. And especially today I posted some graphics that had some moving features and I'm like, Oh, that was kind of fun. Like I've been using moving features before. Yeah, I know they've gotten better. They have like the magic erase tool now. So you can delete the entire background. Oh, I have to try that. I haven't tried and that yet. I use it a lot for like my moose and then kind of like put in like the white background for like product. Yeah. Shots. Yeah. I like fake my product shots on a white background with no shadow. <laughs> that yeah no I feel you girl product shots are like the biggest pain in the ass out of anything (laughs) it's so hard I do it and it gets like a shadow so what I do is I just make sure there's no shadows good light then I crop it with like those magic tools and we put it on a white background and we call it a day and it works great I use it on smarter not harder you guys smarter not harder yeah it's not hard (laughs) like it it, yeah. My boyfriend's like, what the hell did you just do? I'm like, it's going to work. Just wait. You're like, trust me. <laughs> I was like, oh wow, that looks good. I was like, I know. Right. That's amazing. Um, so what were your sales like when you launched? I listed 10 jackets and I sold three. So I would say another thing for starting a small business is I had zero expectations. I was like, I just hope people visit the site. So set your expectations low and you're going to feel like you're not going to be disappointed at the end of the day. So every time I got a jacket order, all three of those, I was jumping up and down, seeing my apartment. Um, And then my second launch, I didn't have any orders the day of the launch, but then I got two today. So I would say that's the thing about small business is it's, 
It's so random. Like, it's guesswork. Yeah. Like you can, you, it's so random and don't be so hard on yourself. Keep posting, keep creating graphics. Like the jackets that sold today, they were up already, but I just posted about them twice today and then they sold, you know, so just keep putting it out there. Don't be discouraged. If anything, you're building up your inventory. Um, so I was really happy with how launch went and I didn't have any hiccups. I did a couple of dry runs with friends before having them fake purchase jackets and things like that. But I really could not have had a more smooth launch. I feel very thankful and all of the jackets made it to their homes and Mm-hmm. No problems. Yeah. No hiccups. That's a good question. So since it's so custom, are you doing insurance on the shipping or how does that work? I do. So through Wix, um, they have, you can do real-time shipping rates and I do the flat rate packaging through USPS because it is tracked and insured as part of the price. Mm-hmm. Um, so while my shipping is not on the cheapest end, it's middle, it's not the most expensive. Um, but that's the reason I do it is because you're guaranteed to have that tracked and insured. Oh. I didn't want it to be an option and it not make it there. And, and then you have to deal with a lot of, you know, problems of, you know, that's cutting into your inventory and your costs and things like that to cover the jacket. So um, if you didn't know, you can order free supplies from USPS. Um, if you go to their website and their flat rate packing supplies, they will send it right to your door. Any of the flat rate boxes, um, pick the size that you need for your business and they will send it to you for free 99 right to your door. So that's what I that. use. That's a really yeah, good tip. It's amazing. If you're a Poshmarker, a small business, and that's another reason I use it is it cuts down on my costs as a new business. I'm not having to spend a lot of my money on boxes or things like that. And eventually I would like to, you know, get into custom boxes, eco-friendly boxes, things like that. But starting out USPS, it's great because it tracked, it's insured and um, it's sent to you for free, right? Like it doesn't get better than that. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you being honest with your sales because I know a lot of people fake it and especially on social media, like I see beauty people do it all the time. They're like completely booked. And I know for a fact, they're not booked. (laughs) So like in a space that we're living in like that, it's really refreshing for you just to be honest. Like I've talked about launching an ebook and I got zero sales, you know, like it's okay to not always be amazing. Like it's okay. Totally. I feel like the hardest part I had Amanda, she gave me some great advice. She's like, the hardest part is putting yourself out there and you've already done that. So give yourself a pat on the back Mm -hmm. and truly like never been truer words. It's true. Like it's super hard to put yourself out there and especially something that you put like your heart and soul into and to not get any sales or things like that. Don't feel down on yourself. Like they're going to come keep working on it, keep promoting it. The right people are going to find it. Have you done any like paid ads or are you going to get into that space? Are you just sticking with social media or even? I definitely, yeah, I definitely want to do paid ads. I don't think I'm going to work with any influencers yet. I have some fun ideas to bring in um, people who have purchased from Tiny Texas. I'm planning to have some meetups so I can, one, it's going to be a way for me to get photos for marketing. Um, But I plan to have meetups that I will send out from an email marketing that I create from Wix. Um, inviting kids to come for a little photo shoot and tiny Texas meetup so they can, parents can get a great shot of their kid. No mom I can is get a great shot. Professional right. Photos. Exactly. So a couple of free photos for your kid, getting to meet up with some other moms and things like that. And then I get photos for my business, for my Instagram. So that's something that I have coming up in the works that I want to get going as far as marketing. And I definitely will get into paid ads. I'd love to do a like fashion pop-up. I know that like South Congress has a lot of um, mm-hmm. pop-ups. So I would love to get into like a market days in the spring um, to get my name out there more. So I'm really working on building up inventory and just getting my name out there. And that's why I said it's really slow and steady for me. That's my business plan this whole time is I'm trying to ramp up slowly to ensure success long-term Um, so that's why I started out with the business sales. I started out with posting on my Instagram and then launching the business and now people know about it. And then I'm going to go to market so that I can, uh, expand my audience even more. Cause I think that that's a way that you can get tons of people, um, eyes on you is going to, you know, market days. If you have that in your town, as it warms up. Yeah. Do you know, um, Tan, she owns Kosher. Yes. I love Tan. She's incredible. She did the pop-up at South Congress and it was like literally like a mommy pop-up. I swear I went 
to like go support her and um it, it would have been right up your alley i'm sure you could dm her and she would give you all that information and feedback and pricing and everything yes i've been meaning to get lunch with her because it whoever hosted that event i don't know if it's her that hosted it but whoever hosted it, it looked incredible it they did such a nice done. job yeah, yeah you should definitely such a nice job because i know tan would love to do that too because she's trying to grow and you guys are both pretty much in the same space and like maybe yes. the same clients because she's going professional women with you know high society type totally. women and they have little babies <laughs> exactly exactly so you guys should get together <laughs> um, like, Tan, well, you up for lunch girl <laughs> I know I'll slide you guys in the dms together like you guys need to meet <laughs> <laughs> um so what are some struggles that you're going through with your business it's a learning curve. There are so many pieces to starting a small business that I didn't even anticipate. Um, just with learning shipping, right? It's like, how do you do shipping? And how do I charge people for that? And how do I set up my business account? And how do I make sure that I am taking the right amount of taxes out? So it's been a huge learning curve for me. Um, that sometimes I feel like I'm in over my head and I'm like, should I be doing this? Am I doing the right thing? So self-doubt creeps in a lot. I think that that can happen as a small business owner. Um, you can feel like, is this the direction that I, I should be going? Um, stay confident, stay true to yourself. That's the advice I have. It's, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. You know what I mean? And, uh, keep learning, know that, start somewhere it's only going to go up from there um I have a hard time I always want things to be perfect I'm a little bit type a and I want it to be in a perfect package right away but you don't learn like that you can't learn if you don't start so I think that that is my biggest advice is if you have something that you're thinking about doing just start and learn as you go struggle through it Mm -hmm. small business is my struggle. That is my struggle. It's just like learning all of the pieces, right? Yeah. It's, it's everything. It's, it's making sure the website works properly. Like when things come up and you're like, wait, I spent so much time on this. Why isn't this button working or, you know, things like that. It's like, there are so many just like little minute things. Did I remember to print out invoices and like file that with my taxes? So like make lists, take it slow give yourself grace know that you're learning and that it's only going to go up from here as you go yeah and then are you so for your shipping process how do you do when you get an order do you fulfill it right away are you like I'm kind of weird about it where I'm like oh my god they need to know I'm like on top of it like how do you feel I am yeah no I am the same way where I'm like all right gotta get that baby packaged up out the door and so tomorrow morning I'll be taking those puppies to the post office yeah I usually pack them up right away um, and I print my label all through Wix. It creates my label through Wix for me. Um, and I print that out. I want to get a inkless, uh, printer. If you haven't heard of those, I've heard they're amazing. If you ship a lot of things, it doesn't take any ink. So it can save you a lot of, it's a heat printer. So it can save you a lot of money in the long run. Right now I'm just using my regular at home printer, which can be yeah. expensive. <laughs> I use that. And I don't remember if Wix gave discounted shipping prices, do they? Cause I know Shopify does. They do you, yeah, you can ship by price. You can do flat rate shipping. They have tons of options okay. as far as shipping goes. And they also work with other companies. Wix is really cool because they integrate with a lot of companies. Like you can integrate your Wix account into, um, your, uh, your, you know, your Etsy or things like that. So they have things like Shippo or, um, I use a company called Printful, where that's a super cool thing that um, I'm working on designing crewnecks for Tiny Texas. So they um, do all of the shipping for me. So that's going to be something new. I now will have two fulfillment processes. Oh, wow. So Printful is pretty cool because they print and package and ship it all for me. So I just have to design and put it on my website. So that's a really cool, if you're deciding to go onto Wix and you're looking into the clothing space, that's a really cool area to design merch is using Printful and that's integrated right through Wix. So it's pretty seamless to put the product right up on your site. I basically design it and I say, add product to site, set pricing, set tax, shipping rates, all of those things. And it's popped up in my store. On that you're having so much success with Wix. I had a great track record with Wix until 
I went, I just wanted the freaking button. Your new love. Yeah, no, I totally feel you. And something that's cool with Wix too, is they have a lot of webinars. So if you feel like yeah. you need to learn about e-commerce or other things, they have like a million different webinars about how to be successful, um, that are all free. So it's definitely a good space to just learn too. Awesome. Well, how do you, just a few more questions for you. Yeah. How are you balancing doing full-time and this? Do you see yourself quitting your full-time when it gets to a certain point or are you super happy there? Definitely. I would love to take this full-time one day. Um, I don't have, again, I like to keep my expectations low, but my dream's big. Um, So I would love to take this full-time in some capacity one day. I don't think that what I'm doing right now at my current job in the teaching um, realm is my forever. It's definitely been a stepping stone that I've had a lot of freedom with my time to pursue other things, you know, having summers off and things like that are really nice on the teacher schedule holidays and stuff like that. Um, but I don't see that as my end all be all I'm too, my spirit is too entrepreneurial. Um, I'll always be reinventing myself. I think, and if it's not tiny Texas, it's going to be something else. Yeah. So y'all won't be hearing the last of me anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then where do you see yourself a few years from now? Oh man, COVID like threw a kink in that. You know what I mean? I'm just like You're telling me. I thought now I, I try to put like low expectations on that. <laughs> I know. So I hope that I will be take. I hope that in a few years, Tiny Texas will be full time. That's what I'm manifesting. I really believe in like putting all of your energy into you know the space that you wanted to go into. So I'm really mess- manifesting Tiny Texas being my full time. Hopefully I will be a homeowner by then, man. The Texas housing market is no joke in Austin, you guys. It's like, yeah, that's the other thing, right? I'm like, the other thing we're doing is trying to, you know, look into real estate. So it's like, you and your boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. So we're looking into just getting into the owning how we're tired of renting. And especially I'm running this business out of a one bedroom apartment. So oh, wow. very quickly I'm outgrowing like, even just me, with the jackets me. I have. Yeah, exactly. I'm like denim everywhere. I'm like kicking denim off my bed this way, that way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So we're definitely just ready to upgrade in, in the space. Well, it's exciting. Those are all exciting things. And I think it'll slow down. I don't know the Austin housing market. We got in right before COVID like three or four months and thank God, because we that was the price. time girl. Oh, my, we were going to rent when we moved out here. Like we were so close. Cause we're like, okay, we we're going to spend so much money. And like, we like, we're leaving our jobs and like my business out there, right. but thank God we did because we, we would be priced out of our neighborhood right now. No. Yeah. We were going to buy at the beginning of it back in March and then, you know, shit hit the fan and we we're like, Ooh, I don't know. What if we lose our jobs? So we decided to rent We've been in our place for three years. So we're like, all right, we're just going to do another year here. And then houses increased by like 50%. So we're like, well, shit, we should have, we should have done it back in the beginning. Well, you know, so it's not a it's bad wild. idea to start looking outside of Austin. Like I know we're not, this isn't our forever home. We're in South Austin, but um, we want to live on the outskirts more of like the country vibe. So and too. we're looking affordable. for some property. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're looking for an oasis, right? We've been in the city for a long time. So we're, we're looking to get out, you know, I love to drive in, but I love to leave, you know, that's right. Yep. That (laughs) is right. Yeah. I'm not going to miss the traffic. (laughs) Yes. Well, where can everyone follow you on social media? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram. It's Genevieve Watson with two ends at the end of Watson and shop tiny Texas on Instagram and www.shoptinytexas.com. And you ship all over the U.S., right? I ship all over the U.S., yep, not just in Texas, anywhere. So if you have a Texan that's far away that left for some crazy reason, send them a jacket. (laughs) Or if they have a family member that lives here, you know, kind of like their family. That's right. That's right. Ship them one. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this information. I learned... I took note of wherever that apparel thing that you said, printful. So yes, I'm learning yes. too. So I appreciate all the information. Of course. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Again, thank you for listening to Don't Call Me Girl Boss. The best way to support this podcast is by liking and subscribing and leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Instagram at Don't Call Me Girl Boss. There is a new episode every Sunday. 
usually in the afternoon or at night. Thank you again for listening.